0: Culture Comic Podcast, and this week we've got trailers to jabber about with Batman V Superman and Captain America Civil War. Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. Uh well, they kinda you kinda got those mixed up, but
1: anyway. Dawn of Justice uh, Civil War.
0: Civil War. <laughs> we'll also talk about humans and androids living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> with Alex and Ada. Or Ada, or whatever you want to call it. And then we'll get into some Hitler baby father punching goodness with Captain
1: McBastard. I'm Nick Hemsing. And I'm Brock Beauchamp. Yeah, we were going to talk about Jessica Jones, just like everybody else, but um, there's a certain podcast host who has not watched it. I mean. Yeah, and you should be ashamed of yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, this is not on me, man. It's so good, man. How are you not watching it? It's better than Daredevil.
0: First of all, Daredevil was good, and I think once you get to the past the point of good, you can just say it's good too. Um, it, it, I really this is actually kind of a pet peeve for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you tweeted that out, and I was like, "They're both it, it, Daredevil is good. You don't need to say something is better when we're talking about two things that are good in art." Oh, it's and- not like it's not like. It's not like a uh, you know two cars and which one
1: can go faster. It was um, more of a statement on my part that my expectations were relatively low for Jessica Jones because I wasn't really familiar with the story. I wasn't sold on Kristen Ritter being able to play hard-boiled. And the reason I, I believe it's better than Daredevil, and it's entirely subjective. People can feel free to disagree, obviously. But Daredevil had one truly spectacular character, Kingpin. Uh, D'Onofrio's rendition of Kingpin was just amazing. But the three or four major characters in Jessica Jones are all extremely good to amazing. And that's really the difference to me, is that Daredevil was very good, but its characters were... There was only one standout performance, where I think there's multiple standout performances in Jessica Jones.
0: Okay. I, I, I just thought it, the, uh, I, I I just thought it's it it to me it smacked a little bit of the kind of commercials that I hate that I hate that is better than you know what is I forget what it was is better than Bond and I'm like y- y- you make art yeah you know you're not making cars
1: well obviously and it's entirely subjective and everyone's no, allowed just, to have their no, opinion
0: it, no I'm just saying that. Neither it doesn't need to be like it's better than this.
1: Oh, and I I really get your point. It I most of my reaction was simply because I liked Daredevil so much, and my expectations of Jessica Jones were lower. It's kind of like the way I went into Guardians of the Galaxy, where I had a little voice at the back of my head like, "Is this the is this where Marvel flubs?" And I was simply blown away by the movie. So, you know, your expectations of what you're going to get going into the piece of art, they absolutely drive. You know, if something just blows you away and your expectations are low, it's kind of why I'm looking forward to seeing Spectre because everybody's really put a wet blanket over my expectations of the film. I enjoyed it. I've, yeah, I, I just haven't gotten to the theater to see it yet. And a lot of people have been kind of a wet blanket, which has tempered my expectations. So now when I go see the film, you know, I might enjoy it more simply because I'm not expecting it to be the best thing ever created going into the theater.
0: Well, you're still a schmuck.
1: Well, yeah, obviously that goes without saying.
0: So, but
1: let's, let's right, jump so. on over to Dawn of Justice.
0: Dawn of Dark. Justice of darkiness.
1: I'm angry. If I wanted that you is, dead, you'd be dead.
0: Yo, Henry Cavill's angry face is a little, a little much. The uh, it is a little bit much. Like, okay, you are angry. Be angry, and that was the first face he came up with before an acting coach said, okay, now take that out of your cheeks a little bit. The, uh, and, uh, let's, let's, let's make it, let's go to, let's go for intense, not comically, not comically angry.
1: Yeah. I just, man,
0: is I- there a, is, is there a 15% chance that this
1: movie is good? You know what? I actually, I don't think it's going to be terrible. I didn't think okay. Man of Steel was terrible. I yeah, liked parts I, I of Man movie, of Steel.
0: They, I enjoyed that movie even though they did some s- stupid things in it. It
1: was fundamentally broken in some ways. But that doesn't mean that's what's happening on screen isn't somewhat enjoyable. Like, while Superman and the Kryptonians were destroying the city and killing millions of people, apparently, without a care in the world about it, there, it was a lot of fun to watch that, and that's that's Zack Snyder's problem in a nutshell. He is all form, very little function. So you can enjoy what's happening on screen, but then you walk away and say, you know, that just that wasn't awesome. It looked awesome. It 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 entertained me for about forty five minutes of two hours, but there's such glaring weaknesses in his creations that you walk away with it. They taint whatever enjoyment you got from the action scenes.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, you're just watching, you're just watching a, uh, once you get to it, you're just like, ah, well, this is a magnificent display.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's all it is.
0: But, but when you go, he's a pinup artist. Yeah. So
1: he's a pinup artist trying to tell a sequential story. And, you know, it's the same thing that happened to comic books in the 90s when there were a hell of a lot of pinup artists drawing comic books. And you know what? The comic books weren't very good because drawing a pinup is much different than telling a story.
0: Yep. So, uh, and, and, and of course, they do a, you know, they do moments that are meant to amp up the drama. And, you know, he tears off Batman's mask. The, yeah. uh, and it, it, there's just – there's no – there's nothing that comes out that, that seems to give any sort of character to that that world.
1: No, except for Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor.
0: Okay. All right, yeah. There's Jesse you know, the Eisenberg's Lex
1: Luthor. He's kind of riffing on Gene Hackman a little bit, mm-hmm. but – I appreciate that he's at least trying to do that because that movie looks so not fun.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and any character who can bring some levity to it without being Jar Jar is probably going to improve the movie.
0: Well, well maybe, maybe he'll steal the show.
1: I hope he does because that show needs to be stolen. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Because right now, what, what we don't see is that we see is the two major characters seem to have f- just flat personalities, or, or no no pers- no depth of any personality.
1: Well, they just look like they're both angry and they're both going to fight, and yeah, it's it's a bro down. Yeah, it's ex- it's a bro down. Oh my God, I love that. That's great. That's exactly what it is. And I was just thinking back when I watched this trailer to Do you remember the Days of Future Past trailer? Yeah. Where it was Professor Xavier talking to himself and basically, you need to pull out of this. You're our last chance. You, This is on you. And I saw that trailer and it was all character. And I was just screaming in my head, I must see this movie right now. Because it was about characters you cared about and it was all character-driven. And it, it wove this narrative in you know 60 to 90 seconds. That wasn't just, I'm going to punch you in the face because I'm mad. And... Uh, yeah, the... I mean, I hope there's a ton of characterization in Batman vs Superman, but given Zack Snyder's past, given all the footage we've seen of it, I am not expecting much of anything.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about a trailer that we saw that does talk about a lot about character. Civil War! Yay! Civil War. So, yeah, I mean... It looks like they've got a good build up for what's happening. Mm-hmm. You have two things going on, and there's it sounds like they're doing what's it? Superhero registration. Yep. And uh and then uh Bucky Barnes.
1: Yeah, and it appears to be it without with an addition of Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, it appears to be pretty similar theme to the actual Civil War uh crossover. And the Civil War comic book crossover, spoilers, Captain America dies. I don't think that's going to happen here. But I wouldn't rule it out either. And yeah, well, it, they've, it, been
0: try- they've been trying to basically retire the, the, uh, the characters that started. I don't know episode. if
1: they're trying to retire Cap or Iron Man, though. Yeah. So I don't know how this is going to end. But, you know, there's one line that's just great in the trailer and it's Tony Stark saying something of I thought we were friends
0: yeah he, you know, he's my he. Uh, he said, he's my friend and I said uh, the uh, uh, yeah and then he goes so was I yeah so yeah something like that uh, but yeah. yeah it's there's a, a lot leading up to to showing actual character conflict and emotions by those characters yep um, the the uh, you know uh, captain's loyalty to his friend who he knew was basically being controlled and trying to essentially uh, you know save uh save the winter soldier um save bucky Barnes and and turn him to the light side as much as you as you would say um the uh, cuz he was being controlled by hydra
1: and it's and, directed and, and, by the russo brothers Again, just like Winter Soldier, so I have really, really high expectations. Yeah. For this so, so do I. Uh, so do I.
0: Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, the uh, it, be, Civil War basically looks like the uh, you know Avengers three, but the because they look like they're all in it. Um, but so it, it'll be a uh, but it'll be interesting. I, I think it looks good. I mean, there's I, I don't see anything and negative about it
1: no and you know given the track history of marvel and everyone involved in this film i am it's probably goes without saying at this point i am looking forward to it much more than i am donald justice
0: yeah which is you know it's so it's so funny too because uh what was it batman's one of your favorite characters
1: oh yeah absolutely and i actually think ben affleck's going to be just fine in the role Every problem, my uh, yeah, every I mean, I, problem I have revolves around Zack Snyder.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think that. I, I think he would be. I think he's fine. Uh, he'll be fine. He he may be fine in it, but yeah. I mean, it's the problems are still going to be what what they're having that character do. <laughs> yeah, and that's not
1: that's not Affleck's fault.
0: Yeah. So, so. um. Anyway, but yeah, that's uh. Yeah, you know, if there's. There's good and bad. I mean, we've been watching, you know, that we've been watching that, that train, that train of bad slowly, you know, limp its way to finish, to the finish. Yeah. So, and again, we're just not, we're just not surprised. We're just not, we're not going to be surprised if it's mediocre.
1: Yeah. And that's, it is I'm, when I go sit down in the theater and watch it, I will be surprised if I walk away saying that movie was horrible. Like every other Zack Snyder film I've ever seen, I expect to walk out of the theater going, that had fun moments, but it was inherently flawed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The only movie I didn't say that about was 300 because that movie was intentionally written to be style over substance 100% of the way. Yeah, everything
0: so. everything went together with that, that yeah. plan. Um, so, but you can't make every movie that.
1: No, especially when you're dealing with you know seventy eighty year old characters that each have a movie history and legacy behind them and in you know in depth personalities and everything bundled up you you can't create a vapid film around those yeah. characters because people expect more, especially when you're chasing the Nolan trilogy yeah. So.
0: So be angry be angry, but this time look like you're smuggling chestnuts in your mouth. Yeah.
1: Don't <laughs> joseph. Every time I say it, it's just gonna get more incomprehensible.
0: <laughs> Deeper, darker. Angry. Yep.
1: I do want to see Wonder Woman, though. I am a bit excited about that.
0: I have not been watching, looking at anything about that movie, so I oh, okay. at some point I, I Kind of stopped paying attention to what DC was doing
1: Yeah it's a pretty easy thing to do Uh, You want to jump on over To uh, Alex and Ada Yep Okay. A quick rundown is From Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughn Comes Alex and Ada A sci-fi drama set in the near future The last thing in the world Alex wanted was an X5 The latest in realistic androids But when Ada is dropped into his life Will Alex keep her This story starts out with Alex just works kind of a nine-to-five cubicle job, and his grandma is incredibly wealthy, and she buys him this extremely expensive X5 Android that basically is built without a personality and caters to his every whim. She just stands at the door when he leaves for work, and he comes back. She's exactly there. And it's all about him trying to figure out what he's going to do with her. And, yeah, what do you have to say about it? I'm I'm going to save some of my... Uh...
0: What it's missing is something else. It's missing something else driving the story while he, it, it, before he comes to the point where he wants to um, make a major change, uh, you know, before he wants to change uh, Ada, yes, ADA. and ADA. that's and so it feels. So the problem is, is, it feels like from the it feels like very early on that you know that that that's going to move to that point. It, you know, it's going to move somewhere near there. You just don't know exactly the details, but mm-hmm. you're kind of like, oh, okay. So I'm waiting for this thing to be. It's finished. telling
1: you things you already know.
0: Yeah, They uh, it's yeah, and, and it's taking
1: know, two or three issues to get to the point where you already know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, so the problem is, is that it feels like there needed to be something else going on. There needed to be something, another source of tension, another mm-hmm. uh, something that, uh, um, like there should have been. I, I think it's just kind of silly, but but it's almost like he shouldn't have been alone. Like, there should have been, there needed to be another character to drive drama. And there, because there is, for the, basically, for the the beginning, for the first two, three issues, there is none.
1: No, there isn't. And that's actually, uh, when I was writing uh, one of the many stories that I have not published, and I actually have it completely written, all 160 pages of it or something, and it will become a future project, I sent it over to a friend to read it and just go, you know, what do you think of the pacing and everything about it? And he comes back. He's like, I love this idea. He said, but something I learned a while ago, and I've implemented it in every story I've written since. He said, I write the story, or at least a a somewhat detailed outline. And then I eliminate the first chapter. Maybe I eliminate the second chapter. Then I reread it. And is it a better story? He said, I learned that it often is. Because you're trying to build up all this shit that you care about, but ultimately that should be backstory that will be explained on the fly. This felt exactly like that. And that's the thing that stood out the most to me, is that you could eliminate the first two issues of this book, start it with the third, maybe even eliminate the third, and rework some of those elements into later in the book and you start exactly where that story needs to start
0: yeah Uh the uh i got the the sec two issues in of the volume and i'm, I'm and i was really thinking wow i mean this is i mean they, they shouldn't have released these as issues if they wanted to yeah if they wanted to say that this is the first part of the story this volume essentially mm-hmm. then they should have just released the volume yeah uh because the because really the indivi- the uh the individual itch- issues are not episodes they no. are they are just pieces i mean we talked about writing to the trade before
1: and this isn't even yet- this is so excessively written for the trade i would actually liken it more to a netflix show where it releases the entire season at once, where yeah. it expects you to binge watch, which you are rewarded greatly in this book if you do binge watch read it because at issue four, you start seeing where it's really going and it's it's really in, engaging.
0: It's it's decent. I I, I think I, I think the problem that I had with it is that I knew where it was going to go mm-hmm. and I felt like. I've, I, I felt like I've read that story before, even though I don't know if I've read. I'm not positive I've read that story before, but I feel that I have. For some reason, mm-hmm. I for some reason I, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's going to be some uh, other little twists on it, and whatnot. But this making an android, you know, uh, making an android human or, or a sentient or something like that, and then living with it, and well, I, I don't know. I was kind of, I, I mean, I guess. Maybe there's you know there's more past the first volume that 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 takes it sort of in a different direction, but uh, you know or, to, or adds more to the actual drama of it. But the first volume, you're you're right. I probably could have the uh, since I knew exactly where it was going to go. There was probably no point in having it. Yeah, you could probably have started. You probably could have started, um, in on the second volume, and I wouldn't have noticed.
1: Yeah, because um, Alex has a lot of, um, I guess call it existential crises or whatever, with his friends saying, well, what are you going to do with this android? He wants to return it, but then he feels morally obligated to keep it because they're going to wipe her memory if, she, if he returns her. And all of these things could have been told later in the story after his friends show up, and just through their attitude toward, Ada, all of that could have been told. Yeah. The uh, other thing was is
0: that uh, I didn't feel that his uh, what he what he did what he did to make her ascension I felt was kind of an extreme move for that character.
1: Yeah, it. Um, There's a little bit of an Anakin Skywalker thing going on there.
0: Yeah, I didn't feel like there was a build. No there was, there was sufficient there was sufficient for it not it's not just I'm bored and I'm late I'm bored with this thing and I want to do something that I know is illegal I mean I I I just couldn't get the I it, it felt so forced
1: Yeah okay so what he what Alex does is he ultimately seeks out other people who are having the same issues with androids where they're not sentient and it's a problem because the android is bland and feels lifeless, robotic, and it's intentional because a law has been created to uh, force androids to be this way. And Alex seems to be a really conservative, reserved guy, and he leaps into this highly illegal black market world immediately. And that that's part of my problem with it is because had they eliminated the first two issues, they could have spent two issues working on the buildup to Alex deciding to jump into this world of, you know, illegal black market Android modification,
0: yeah, and and then it could have actually, you know, there needed to be. It felt like them to me there needed to be some sort of inciting incident. Um, yeah, and and it couldn't just and it couldn't just be that you know, well, it's just not lifelike enough for him. Mm-hmm. And even though you know he was trying to find some humanity and it and I've kind of got a little bit of that, it didn't feel strong enough. No, and it it, it felt weak. It just felt the it, it just felt weak, and 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 there was large portions of the book that were just kind of sleepy. Yeah. That, um so That's a really
1: good way to put it. It was uh the first two and a half issues or so uh were sleepy. And I enjoyed the fourth and fifth issues quite a bit because I started seeing a little bit more of, okay, so they are going in this direction. Like you said, it was rather predictable early on that this was going to be the case, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I I actually, I kind of want to read the second volume. I'm just disappointed that this was so excessively written for the trade slash written for Netflix where it's expected that the reader is going to bomb through 12 issues right off the bat because having one weak issue is bad enough in the beginning but when you have two possibly three in a row that's really problematic i mean there's no conflict in the first three issues at all there's there's no tension there's no it's sleepy that's really a good way to put it
0: yeah so i mean I guess if you're looking for something, if you're if you're looking for a story about living with an Android, you could find this. I just, I, I guess I just couldn't find a, a big bullet point to tell somebody, tell anybody why they would want to read it. Um, the uh, because especially at the end of the, the first volume, I, I felt like okay, I got to the point where I, I got to the point that I knew what was going to happen. Now I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm not really. There's no there's no, uh, um, there's no compass to, there's no, nothing to tell me what direction the book is going for at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, by the end of it, honestly, I almost think it's like, it's going to be, you know, it's going to grow into a forbidden love story. I don't know. You know, I, I I just don't know. I mean, but it's not, but I'm not given any, and, and, you know, Sometimes not knowing is fine, except for I don't know why I should care,
1: and that's or, the pro- it, or be interested at this point. I just don't see it. So, one thing we're going to try uh, in the podcast for a few episodes, just to see how it goes, and we're go- we're calling it tentatively rewrite. And it's about it sounds kind of presumptuous and arrogant, but we like Nick and I both being writers like to try to break down stories we read, and. How would we have done it differently? And I'm going to take the first stab at it. There's about three issues of this book where it's just Alex getting the droid or android. Then him kind of spending an issue just kind of staring at it, not doing anything. Then there's a third issue where he's kind of building up towards something. And he meets with these people who are doing illegal things. And then, right at the end of the fifth, fifth issue, he turns Odda sentient. And as a rewrite, I would have written probably a very similar story. And then I would have taken a big black marker and xed out everything up to the point where Odda becomes sentient, and that's where I would have started the story. Fair enough. I, because I, I, yeah, I, because I think- that's where the story starts to matter. And all that crap beforehand can be told later. You know, you can – because he's going to be going back and visiting the people who helped him illegally modify Ada. So you're going to be able to fill in the audience and all those characters down the road. And so little happened in the beginning that why not start with where the story really grabs hold of the reader? why is why are there essentially four and three quarters issues or no five and three quarters issues of buildup when it's just getting to the point that we all saw coming and we all wanted to read about and that's out becoming sentient
0: uh, fair enough i agree i think you kind of let out of quite a few of those points when we were talking earlier. Really yeah but things. i was
1: i actually the more i started thinking about the story the more I started pushing that back, I'm like, "Well, we don't even need to introduce all the black market uh, fencing people, you know, online the the little group. We don't even need to introduce them. We don't need to show Ada going to this illegal meeting area to become sentient. We don't need any of that. I mean, you can push it all the way to the end of this first volume." And then you start at a point where the audience is like what the hell's going on obviously something crazy is happening in this motel room now tell your story
0: okay the uh, I would have yeah I'd agree with that'd I'd, I'd be more likely to want to watch that or read that so yeah I, I don't <clears throat> I don't think I see any uh, disagreement with that but then gonna pretty much Voice similar that yeah, you could have started f- farther into the story and been okay with me.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, read it, not read it. Well, I take it you're leading toward not read it.
0: Yeah, not read it. It's just because I, I I I wasn't excited. I just wasn't. Uh, I wasn't excited to read more.
1: Yeah. See, and I actually am, and I would challenge anyone who wants to pick up this book to just start with the second volume. Yeah. Because honestly, there's nothing in the first volume that really matters. You'll be able to – just by listening to this podcast, we've kind of explained loosely some of the points that you need to know. And anything beyond that, you can pick up on the fly. Okay. Because I I want to read the second volume, but I'm just kind of disappointed that the first volume – just failed to deliver I mean we didn't talk about the art at all the art's actually really nice uh, from Jonathan Luna it's done in a very thin pen style like a a micron style pen and his facial expressions are good Uh, the color tones and palettes of the book work from an artistic side I thought it did exactly what it was trying to do I just thought that the story was letting it down but not the dialogue I thought the dialogue was quite competent and good
0: yeah, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought the dialogue was functional.
1: Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Didn't blow you away. It didn't get in its own way. Uh, yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I wish I had more something more exciting to say about it, but I, I just don't. Yeah. We, uh, was I, I? I just got kind of bored after a while. I just kind of. I was like, oh, I'm just going to finish reading this to review it. But I'm, there's nothing. There's nothing exciting me about this.
1: Yeah. So, <clears throat> so um, I just thought I'd give an update on Time Dick, which I'm working on. I have – I am nearly at 40 percent done of the first volume or chapter or whatever the hell you want to call it. So <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I'm dying here, folks. <clears throat> you- I'm choked up because I'm at the 40 percent mark, which is a very important number to me spiritually. Uh, I can I can tell You can tell, yeah uh, But yeah, so I'm looking forward to having this done Maybe in the middle of January or so That would be super It's really hard to get stuff done over the holidays though, man Like Nick and I are part of a role-playing group That try to meet every Thursday And oh, November is just brutal December's no better Hard to get anything but it's fun. done Yep. So let's jump on over to a Tapastic book we read because we love Tapastic. Or Tapastic. You know what? I don't even know how it's pronounced. At least we're not putting that second T in there anymore. Go us. Yeah. Captain McBastard and the Quest for Hedonism tells the inspiring tale of a Scottish alcohol enthusiast and his important mission to find and drink the perfect beer. Before I say anything about this book, comic creators please make it easy for us to get in touch with you this comic is on tapastic but i have no way to reach out to the creator other than through tapastic there's no facebook page there's no twitter page there's no website the tumblr page is inactive man if if you're trying to put something out there for people to read especially if it's good give people a way to get in touch with you and follow you and make sure they keep up with your stuff and that's all I have to say about that. So, why don't you give a rundown of what this book is about, if it's about anything?
0: Uh, it's just kind of a, you know, crazy short story about the, well, okay, it starts off with, it, it starts off with him not seeking alcohol as much as trying to stop Nazi Germany before it becomes Nazi Germany, uh, but then he accidentally punches the wrong Adolf's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And causes that baby Adolf to cease to exist, which is great. Um, <laughs> so is the instant beard. It's basically just its like a – it's it's, a, its kind of a crazy strip comic. It's
1: pointless oh, and it's, delightfully it's pointless
0: so. Fun. Oh, it's pointless fun.
1: Yeah, and um, it's just silly. It's about this giant Scotsman just running around and like you said, he starts off by traveling back to Nazi Germany to try to kill Adolf, baby Adolf, by punching his dad so hard he ceases to exist. Uh, but he just punches a random baby named Adolf,
0: and then from and, and, there it.
1: And he, and, oh God!
0: And he didn't. Even, he didn't even travel back. He he, uh, he he thought he would. He thought he was able to make Adolf Hitler not exist, but he didn't travel back in time at all. It says baby Hitler hasn't been a baby for years now.
1: Yeah. So well, I thought he traveled to, back, to, back to the wrong period. No. no oh, he okay. He
0: much just made a. It, it was just a giant mistake. Yeah. Just play. don't think
1: about this book too hard, folks. No, um, no it's just silly, but it's really well drawn. It, it's it's in a very loose, cartoony style, and it super exaggerated. The main character, Captain McBastard, is just huge, and it's just a really fun, simple light read. That's kind of in the vein of like Axe Cop or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's great. The uh, I, I still love Instant Beard.
1: Yeah, he he grows an instant beard to disguise himself and then he tears off the beard, but then apparently he just fake tore off the beard or he regrows it instantly. It's it's really weird and you know what it doesn't even matter. It's nice. just a lot of fun.
0: Just have fun with it. Um uh, the uh it's got Nazis and it's the uh, and I don't know. It's great. The uh, I, I expect the somewhere near the next issue. Next issue, because the last one was uh was it? Last week. Yeah. Um, the uh, I expect there will be some good Nazi punching.
1: Yeah, pretty, I uh, mean that seems to be a recurring theme of the book is punching yes. Nazis in the face. So
0: you know what? We can always watch Nazis be punched in the face. Yeah, I don't the, think we ever quite get tired about quite
1: tired of it. Really, the book seems to uh, update somewhat sporadically. But uh, there are, I think, eight updates at this point. And let's see. Like you said, the last one was just seven days ago, but then it was late September when – the one before that. So it's kind of sporadic, but it will take you maybe 10 minutes to read everything that exists, maybe 15 tops. It's just a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe to it because it, it works really well on phones. It's told in a vertical style with single panels so you can read it easily on a phone. And it's told in such bite-sized, ridiculous increments that it doesn't matter if it's been a month since you read the comic. Because whatever happens is just going to be pointless and silly anyway. And you don't need any backstory for that.
0: Nope. Nope, so, it's fun. Yeah. Go check it out. Go read it. Uh, the, uh, it will be five minutes of your life well spent.
1: Yeah, for sure. And definitely, you know, if you haven't subscribed to, or if you haven't created an account on Tapastic, absolutely do so. Bookmark this comic. There's there's a lot of good stuff on Tapastic. There's a lot of not good stuff as well. But if you, if you give the platform half an hour to browse through, you're going to find a lot of stuff worth reading. And this is one of them. So start with yeah. Captain McBastard. Because it has the name Captain McBastard. Yes, so the
0: uh, attractive name, which uh, I'm sure that the, the uh, Brock saw that and said, I am definitely checking out a comic called Captain McPast.
1: Oh, absolutely, because I was again I, uh, every month or so, I spent about half an hour just browsing Tapastic, and I just try to find stuff, and you know, I'll bookmark and subscribe to a lot of stuff, and then I'll read it later and be like, nope, sorry, bye, um, and so. My follow list is constantly in flux and this is one of those books that's going to stay for sure.
0: All right. Got anything else uh, for us to dig through here?
1: Not really. I mean, we're going to be back next week probably. Uh, We're going to be doing the DC comic. We're actually going to move to DC for a book. Uh, Prez, which I sent Nick a panel of probably a couple months ago and said, just based on this one panel I need to read this book and it has an end of life bear that's a robot
0: oh so, that one okay. yes oh, yeah, I did like Carl that.
1: the end of life bear I believe his name is and I'm like okay yes. I have to read this book I'm sold so okay. yeah we're going right. to be covering that next week or probably next week if not It'll probably be January because if we don't record next week, we'll be doing a best of 2015 episode right before Christmas.
0: All right, so, I uh, yeah, it, holidays are always weird for us, or weird for everybody. But you know, we'll try, we'll uh, try to round out the year with a couple, with a few more, and uh, then uh, jump into 2016.
1: Yeah, and then we'll take a few weeks off uh, over the New Year's and stuff like that. So
0: yeah, yeah. So, yep. but uh, we're back, and uh, we'll be doing more of the feature. Uh, how how would we rewrite this? Yeah, which, we need to come up with a
1: catchier name.
0: Yep the uh, which can show which can either be great or it'll show off exactly how horrible we are.
1: Yeah, I'd put it at a 50-50 shot of either happening. Yeah. So yeah
0: cool. uh, yeah that's, yeah, that's uh, all we got. So thanks
1: for listening, everybody. Be sure to drop us a line at countercomic at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at schlockworks.com, where you can view podcast archives or check in on some of our other projects. If you are so inclined, drop by iTunes or Stitcher and give us a review. That's all we have for this week. I'm Brock Beauchamp. I'm Nick Hemsing. Thanks, everybody.